Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. I'm delighted to be sitting here with a with two superheroes superhero parents of the previously um, interviewed superhero of love Natalie Hampton and um, I wanted to interview you guys because she just gave you the most beautiful props in her interview and um, I mean it just uh, literally breaks my heart that the entire world was against her I, I just I can't even believe the circumstances so for those of you who ha- have not heard that interview first of all run don't walk and go listen to the interview with Natalie Hampton, who um, developed the app Sit With Us um, uh, after she had come to a place in her life where she had recovered from a very serious um, couple years, was it a couple years of intense bullying, and not only intense bullying, but um, her entire school, the administration, all the kids, everything. Um, she had no outlet when she went to school. No love. There was basically no love there. I'm sitting now with Carolyn and Scott Hampton, who are her beloved superhero parents. <laughs> Welcome, Na- um, Carolyn and Scott. Um, so I would just love to hear, because I-, I am surrounded by parents who, who um, most of my friends have kids in their late teens and early 20s, and and there's a lot of heart-holding going on um, and trying to help pe- help their kids hold their hearts, but also keep the boundaries and let them fly and nurture their own hearts. But I would, I know that parents would love to hear from you guys what tips you would have for parents that have children that are in extreme pain i think the most important thing was to was to listen with without any judgment you know i i'm so i feel that we're lucky that we have such a close bond with navli and that she would open up pretty readily um if a parent has a child who's not that open to you know to try to keep keep trying to get them to speak keep trying you know you can tell something is wrong by looking into their eyes and um so the fact that she would you know it didn't take much prodding for her to tell us the entire story and then she saw right away that we had her back because Scott and I kept going to the school and demanding that they do something and when they refused you know when it was clear that they were not going to do anything to help her after the fourth attack yeah that we had to remove her from that situation um so I think that's the most important thing is just listening and you know definitely not implying that she was doing something wrong at all which is what her whole community was saying that it was her fault yeah when she was talking about how she was sent to even sent to counseling twice a week to try to drill out of her what she was doing to cause the bullying it's terrible they blamed the victim and i think you know with a child who's not as strong as natalie it could, could cause just catastrophic damage you know lifelong damage yeah um 
And I think the second thing, um, one thing that we did, we've as a family, we've always done a lot of community service. Even when she was little, we used to take her to beach cleanups. Um, we've cooked um, meals for people at PATH together. Um, when she was being bullied, I decided that we needed to step up our efforts with community service. And we worked with children at Children's Institute um, in downtown and or near downtown. And um, we were working with these underprivileged kids and tutoring them in English and math and um, reading to them. And so when you, she could see children who, there's always someone who has it worse than you do. And for her to open her heart to these children, and she really enjoyed it, I think that gave her some happiness. You know, I think it lessened the effect of the bullying by having her do that. So I think that that's something else that I would recommend. That public service was very therapeutic for all of us, and it, 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 it not only gave us an outlet, but it kind of increased our familial bond. Oh, that's beautiful, right. Yeah. So you guys had to galvanize even closer together. Where, and that's an age, middle school, where they start to, like, drift away, right? Like, yeah. um, So it was more natural for her to drift away from the family unit than it was to come closer, but you guys. Yeah, I mean, the experience did bring us closer, I think. And the thing I'm impressed with about Natalie is her resilience. I mean, she went through this terrible thing, and she decided to do a 180 and make lemonade out of lemons. Um, and it really was meant to be just this small little therapy project. It was just her and her best friend. They might release it at two schools, and that was the, the extent of it. Um, and the fact that it went viral and has gone completely crazy is, is a wonderful blessing. Um, but it was really meant to be just some you know, just to, a way to give back. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm blown away by the level of vulnerability. Like, it is, I, I, you know, like when we're hurt, and she was repeatedly not just emotionally hurt, but physically hurt. It's like, I mean, I just have this image of somebody being repeatedly stabbed in the heart, you know, and how do you open, like, it's so easy to just draw a cage around your heart and never open it again after something like that. Like, True. so I... So tell me about that. I mean, I honestly, I don't know how you even like, so you saw her coming home with scratches and blood all over her. I mean, she still has a scar in her hand from where they clawed her with their nails. But um, she changed. I mean, she was a child who loved to go to school um, and all this, you know, was always jumping out of bed and saying, I'm not sick. I can go. Even if she had a fever, you know, just always, you know, never wanted to miss a moment. And then she turned into this child who never wanted to go and would, you know, make up lots of excuses and say she was sick. And we really couldn't blame her. Um, But, and you know, even in her posture, she was shrinking inside. Mm. And I don't think she's, she just doesn't seem like the type of person that could ever, like, wall off her heart, though. I mean, she she has such a big heart. She's so compassionate and is always looking to connect with other people. So, um Thank God, you know, that didn't happen. The other thing that she was talking about is being, and I think that this is also a, a dead dynamic with kids that are in pain, is that they don't want to disappoint their parent. Like, I should be able to handle this myself. Or And with the school, you know, it was always, she said, as soon as she, you knew she was a girl, you were, you were having images of her going to your alma mater. So True. Um, how did you deal with that, don't worry about disappointing me kind of dynamic? Oh, just, I mean... I just could not see her in harm's way anymore. So I really wanted to get her out of there as quickly as possible. And she was the one who said, no, you know, I thought, I thought about calling friends and trying to pull strings and put her in another school halfway through her eighth grade year. And, um, 
she said, no, I want to take my time. I want to look at the, each school and make sure that it's the right fit because I don't want to be in another situation where I'm bullied. And she also had an, a really nice part in the play, and you know, she wanted to see the year out. But every day I sent her there, I, I felt so much stress. It was causing physical symptoms for me as well as her. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, she was talking about her stomach, like, being kicked in the gut. So, like, you both mm-hmm. were kicked in the gut in a way. Yeah, she was hospitalized twice for um, stomach issues. Migraine headaches. Yeah, she was talking about that. I don't, I, it's unbelievable that she, I mean, when you sit in front of her now, she is unscathed. I'm not saying she's unscathed, please forgive me, but she she's appears. Recovered. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's definitely. It took time to get the old Natalie back, but definitely it was like PTSD I mean even her first year at her new school she was not herself she was she was kind of coming out of her shell but we we knew the Natalie from her younger years where she's very outgoing and laughing and fun and she still wasn't quite there yet it took over a year for her at the new school to kind of become the the Natalie that we knew and that was very heartwarming to see that she could rebound and and kind of come out of it and be stronger and the irony is the girls who were so mean to her actually fueled this fire. And the administration that was so blind to her and actually told her not to tell anyone was this school that was supposed to empower girls and give them voices. Um, but through all of this, she actually resulted in having a spine now stronger than ever. Mm. And she's got the stronger voice than she's ever had in her life. Right. And it's making a difference. Um, I was. She was talking about the seminal moment. It sounds like too, where she saw a girl who was alone at the new school, and she said, "I couldn't even walk past her. I wasn't even allowed to walk past her. I just had to go and reach out." And it's. It always feels like it's impossible to muster giving when you need to be given to. But she did it, and mm-hmm. it sounds like that. That's she learned that from you guys. But that custom. Cu- customer service (laughs) community service um and reaching out it's like okay like you said there's always somebody that's worse off than us Mm -hmm. yeah true i had a friend who was battling depression and um got that same instinct i was like go volunteer volunteer anywhere even if it's just walk dogs for one hour a day or whatever and it was the spark that started her to get out of the her shell and the negativity and yes we can give it's then just makes you feel better yeah yeah giving is receiving right yeah definitely we have to be a member of a community and uh, public service and community service helps you feel like you're part of a community. Yeah. And it makes it not about you, not about your family, but it's much larger. It's the, the you know, think globally, act locally kind of concept. Right. That's, I think that's the greatest tragedy when you, th- when you think of somebody that's very sad and they feel like they don't have community. Like she could have thought you were her community for a long time. You were the only people that were loyal to her in her community. And she could have walked away from this by thinking it'll be hard for me to create community. It'll be hard for me to be part of community. And now she's a part of the global community <laughs> sitting next to Jane Goodall on the top <laughs> most top 25 most powerful women in the world, right? Women at, changing the world. Women yeah. changing the world at age 17. <laughs> Talk about community. Talk about creating community. Yeah, and it was hard. I mean, she's was, um, you know, a lot of the work that she's done for Sit With Us was, 
while she was, you know, studying for the ACT and taking honors and AP classes. And, you know, there are times where she, I've never seen her so tired, you know, so exhausted. And yet, you know, she would get messages from kids who were saying, this is really helping me. Your app has helped me find friends. Oh, and so beautiful. that would keep her going. That would give her the strength to want to do more and more. Yeah. So beautiful. I can't wait to see, see what she comes up with next. It's so <laughs> exquisite. Well, any final tips for parents that might have somebody that might have a child going through heart pain? Anything else that you can think of that you would want to give them a shout out? I think, you know, just it's important to for the child to know that you've got their back, that you're down there fighting the fight, you know, because she was too young to fight that fight on her own. Um, so I think that gave her strength, knowing that we were standing in front of her demanding change at that school. Um, and sometimes the school will work with you and sometimes they won't. And so if you see that there's no hope, you have to pull them out immediately and find them the space to heal. Yeah, that's a good point. We tried with the school. We really did. We entered into a dialogue with them and they gave us platitudes and went at, you know, for through the first three attacks, we thought they were kind of trying to help. And then by the fourth one, we just saw it, they were empty promises. And so we felt compelled to, to make a change. Um, and one other thing I would add is counseling. Um, this was a, a new thing for our family. We didn't know what to do. We were kind of winging it. I mean, when your baby comes out, you flip them over and you're looking for the care instructions and they're not there. And so you have to kind of, you know, go with your gut and, and be a parent, you know, just by instinct. Um, and so we did reach out to counselors. We did reach out to professionals to, to get advice and to kind of help us on our journey. And so that's been very valuable. That's great. Great advice. Thank you guys for being superhero parents. It's, I, I, I mean... It's just breathtaking how she has come out. And I know she came out of the womb without the instructions, but the label said incredible. But <laughs> but you guys uh, obviously nurtured the incredibleness. And I just want to say I'm bowing to you. <laughs> Thank you. And I will bow to you as soon as we stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so... Um, uh, we just finished the interview, and then we're restarting the interview because this unbelievable news just popped out of their their mouths as I was getting everything um, 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 packed up here. But what I need to hear now is the incredible, um, I did not know all the wins that you guys got as a result of helping Natalie fight and as a, and as a result of Natalie continuing to fight to the bloody end. So to share with us all the really groovy stuff that happened. So while we were at the school, we tried to reach out to other families to find out whether bullying was pervasive or not. And we reached out and we were told by the administration this is an isolated problem and it, it does, it's not a problem for the school. Um, as we reached out, we found 10, 12, 20 families that were actually leaving the school because of bullying. And then we also found out that there was a sexual predator teacher, English teacher at the school that was uh, having sex with underage girls. And so not only was there a bullying problem, there was a sexual harassment, huge sexual harassment problem. And so it was this kind of very toxic environment. So we exited the school, but we kept contact with all the different families and we helped this movement to help get the headmaster fired. And uh, she, she got fired. Um, and you also said that they didn't have anti-bullying or anti-sexual harassment. Right, which is really a, a red flag. I think, you know, in retrospect, you know, in choosing a school, you should really look at their policies and make sure that they have them. I mean, it's very rare for a school not to have an anti-bullying policy. So that, that should have been a major red flag. So, um, 
during this campaign where we worked hard to um, try to influence the trustees to fire this 26-year veteran headmaster who was the second highest paid headmaster in the country. And to make um, positive change. Not just The goal wasn't to get her just fired. The goal was to make change at the school. Right. So they did hire lawyers who drafted policies, and there is a way for um, girls to report incidences of sexual har- harassment or bullying. And hopefully over time, you know, the school will improve. So we'll see. What else What else did you not tell me about that you should be proud of? Oh, my God. That you, can, you can't. Yeah, go ahead. Well, with the new headmaster and new policies, we're hopeful that the school will make a rebound. We really don't have any animus toward the school. We have an animus toward the administration that was running the school. I mean, as an institution, it's a fine academic school. Right. And as Natalie was saying, it's from the top down. The, from the top, they created an atmosphere of um, secrecy and of danger. I mean, you know, like, there is danger. We're not talking about the danger. Everything's, you know, be quiet. True. Stop complaining. True. And, you know, one one thing that I think was also a victory that showed we'd come full circle was at the very end of Natalie's eighth grade year, she saw a group of girls, the same girls who had bullied her, um, surrounding a seventh, a small seventh grader and they had her pushed up against a wall and this was right outside the headmaster's office so oh you could God. see that this was just rampant and you know no, nobody was doing anything to stop the bullying the girls had this girl surrounded and they were waving their fingers and they were screaming and obscenities and the seventh grader looked terrified and natalie pushed her way through the crowd of girls stood in front of the seventh grader oh my god natalie and said back off and oh my god miraculously they they listened and they did back off and the girl was so grateful that she had done that and to me my first reaction was actually a bad one because I wanted it to make it through that school year without another physical attack (laughs) and so I said to her you did what (laughs) okay and here's Natalie giving her side of the story tell us tell us um it was the same sort of thing that I talked about with that girl who was sitting alone at my new school um, I was just walking to class and it was the same group of girls who I thought were my friends that had turned on me, stole my computer, that whole attack. And now they were doing it to someone else. And I tried to walk past, but I just couldn't walk past. And so I pushed my way through and I used my body to protect this girl who was up against a wall. And I looked the girl in the eyes who had punched me to the ground and I told her to back off. And, um, and they did, they listened. And, um, that was kind of, the last thing I did at that school and then I leaved and I, I left sorry <laughs> I left and I you know moved on to a much kinder community and so I think that that was sort of my parting gift and I just couldn't I couldn't live with myself if I had continued walking and not done anything because I had just been in the same situation yeah I think there are three categories of people there's the bullies themselves and they have issues and they should you should be sympathetic to them too because they have problems at home they're usually you know, uh, following patterns they see in their own families, but that's not to excuse what they do. Um, and then there's the victims who obviously take the brunt of it. And then I think the largest category, 80, 90% are the bystanders. Yeah. And I think that's what sit, that's the gift of sit with us is it's kind of awakening these bystanders. People saw Natalie get attacked and just did nothing. Administrators saw Natalie get attacked and did nothing. Teachers saw her get attacked and did nothing. I don't understand. And so there's this bystander it's not me, I shouldn't get involved kind of mentality. And I think sit with us is one example that shows that these bystanders do have power 
and that they should intervene when something bad is happening. It's not to, you know, you don't want to get them physically injured or something like that, but like what Natalie did with this girl at the lockers is you can make a stand and people will respect you for it and it's it's just the right thing to do. Upstanders, right? That's how you referred yeah, to, yeah. Definitely, but even though my first reaction was a bad one, I, I was really proud of her when... <laughs> she told me this story it's oh my god and i just imagine her in a superhero outfit i'm sorry but like going busting through the the crowd and standing in front of her with your hands on your hips you will not touch my little friend <laughs> um and i'm i'm also blown away that you did that you had not even gotten to the point where you were starting your own healing process and your own ptsd and in the midst of that you know, your heart, your own heart was on fire and you were able to reach out to another, another person's heart on fire. She was tiny. I mean, just to give a complete picture, she was like four foot 11 and the girl who punched her with a fist was five ten, five eleven. <laughs> She's so tall and large. <laughs> bullies, bullies never pick a fair fight. Bullies never, never pick a fight where they could actually lose. It's, it's a dominance thing. And so bullies tend to pick the smallest person or the kindest person because they know they will kind of submit. And so for Natalie to stand up, little petite Natalie to stand up was it was really a big deal. Yeah, how, just to give them perspective, how tall are you? Uh, I'm five four now. I think. Okay, and you were like. I was like four feet tall. You were. She was, <laughs> she was really tiny. You were tiny too. She had a growth okay. spurt after she left. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> right, you could truly grow as big as you were. You, you're meant to be after <laughs> flying away from the terrible place. Oh my god. Okay, bravo. Anything else that you got out of it that I missed? Yeah, I mean, as a parent, part of part of parenting is to help push your kid in the right direction to to, to steer them. But part of it is is showing them the way, but also getting out of their way. Um, Natalie is her own person. She has her own opinions and her own thoughts. And so um, we, we try to find that balance between parenting and then just standing back and watching her go. Right. Like you were saying, no, I don't want to get out of leave this school halfway through the year. I'm taking a stand to stay in this abusive situation because I want to thoughtfully choose my next school, which I'm sure that was excruciating for you guys. It really was. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. Well, yeah. as parents, when we selected her first school, we kind of chose it for her. We kind of forced it on her. And we did it with the best intentions. We said, this is a good school. We think you're going to succeed here. We had, we had nothing but positive thoughts. But when it became this toxic atmosphere, we wanted to then control it and then say, we're going to help you move again. And she was like, wait wait, mom and dad, I want to be really involved in this and I want to help make the decision to where I land because I don't want to go out of the frying pan and into another fire. Right. So we did. We stepped back. We let her do these shadow days at many different schools around here in L.A. And she came away from this one school saying, this is the one. And so cool. we we actually had a different opinion. We said, no, you did? Other one. And, she, and she said, nope. We went, we went with her decision. And, we, you know, it's been nothing but a blessing, so... What a great moral to this story. I love that. So getting out of the way, it's got to be the most excruciating thing you do, right? <laughs> like that thing of holding their heart. Like, I want to hold your heart. No, I want to hold your heart. No, wait, let me let me keep holding your heart. Nope, mom, let, the, let your hands down. I need to walk past you. I need to go take care of my own heart. Wow. It definitely was the right decision. She makes good choices. Hee <laughs> hee, because she's a superhero. All right, you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. 
That was Scott and Carolyn Hampton, the parents of Natalie Hampton. If you didn't hear last week's interview with Natalie, oh my gosh, go listen to that. Natalie Hampton invented the app Sit With Us. Go to sitwithus.io and find her on social media at Sit With Us as well. And if you have an extra minute, go over to um, iTunes and give us a review. Bring more superheroes of love into the fold. Also, Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and Go Save the World is available for pre-order at Amazon.com. Yay! Thanks for joining us, Superhero. Have a great day.